0: Chapter 6 Health Daniel reaches yet another cave wall, but this time it's uneven and craggy, not smooth like the others. If it weren't for the change in texture, Daniel would be convinced that he's just wandering in circles in the dark. Daniel feels a renewed burst of pain, and he clutches his side, looking down at his wound. At least I won't get lost, he thinks. He's been leaving a trail, smearing blood along the floor with his shoes. Safe or not, I can't ignore this any longer. Daniel makes a mental list of his supplies, trying to design a bandage in his head. He's wearing a button-down shirt over a t-shirt, brown pants, and a brown belt. His sneakers are wet with a moisture that feels cold, like water. Further up, his pants are goopy with blood, and everything else is specked with black liquid. The top part of his t-shirt is the only area that seems to be clean. Besides his clothes, there's the jagged rock, the carapace shield, and the backpack. Daniel puts down the bag and finds the two glowstones. They appear identical in size, shape, and weight. One of them emits a soft red glow and feels warm, the other is dark and cold. After a moment's contemplation, Daniel moves the red glowstone to his pocket, and he drops the depleted one on top of the twenty or so small pebbles at the bottom of the backpack. The pebbles are oddly uniform in size. Hmm, why were they together in one pile? Daniel asks, silently. Daniel looks at the rings, which are both made of a dark material. Their magnetic strength is extremely powerful. No help for making a bandage, though. The handle of the magnifying glass is made of finely sanded, stained wood, and the rim of the lens seems to be made of brass. Daniel looks through the lens at his hand, testing the magnification. It's strong, but unremarkable. It's obviously part of a set, thinks Daniel, holding the magnifying glass beside the archaeologist's brush. The brush's handle is about four inches long, also made of smooth, stained wood. Daniel examines the bristles closely. They're soft, clean, not dusty at all. As he brings the brush close to his face, though... Huh, is that mold? He combs the bristles carefully, looking for a clue as to what they might have brushed. He finds a single piece of moist hay, which he tosses aside. As Daniel inspects the tin can, which is about the weight of a can of soup, unlabeled, unopened, he hears a faint sound in the direction of the dead man, as if from behind the trap door. He thinks it might have been a voice, but he can't be sure. He snarls silently, torn between calling out and staying hidden. No sound follows, and after a few seconds Daniel turns back to his wound. He takes off his button-down shirt, wincing as the fabric breaks contact with his exposed flesh. He tries to tie it into a bandage, fumbling with one of the intestinal tracts, but he can't get the shirt to stay tied to his abdomen. He tries again and again, but each time something slips out or unties. Maybe it's too dark. Maybe the shirt is too wet. Or maybe I'm getting a little too close to death, Daniel thinks, not really believing it but then wondering if he should. Frustrated, Daniel crams everything back into his bag and shambles away from the wall, quickly finding another one. He retraces his steps, which are glistening faintly in the dim light, and lurches forward, he hopes. Blood and ink continue to drip onto the stone floor.